Hey everyone, welcome to the Hormone Formula Podcast. It is Vinka here from Vinka Nutrition. I hope you're all having a beautiful day. It's definitely a gorgeous day here for me at the moment. It's a little chilly for my liking, but unless it's, you know, anything over 25 degrees, I feel the cold. It's the Croatian blood on me, I swear. We love it hot. But, you know, for all of you, I hope you're comfortable who are listening to this today. Um, mowing your lawns, doing your walk, whatever it is that you do when you um, listen to my podcast, I find that quite hilarious. I, for the life of me, cannot listen back to my podcast and hear my voice. But my husband thinks it's the best joke in the world to put my podcast on the loudspeakers through the house and turn it on when I least expect it. And I just like lose the plot. Just <laughs> so awful hearing your own voice. But, you know, we have a little giggle about it as well. But for all of you who do um, tolerate my voice and, and even some of you are saying it, it puts you to sleep at night I'll take that as a compliment I think but you know it is so cool to hear that you guys are listening and engaged through these um, podcasts so thank you very much for that so today in today's episode um, episode nine we're going to be talking about cholesterol and you know a few of my friends and clients have asked me to talk a little bit more about this so that is what I'm going to do today and although this podcast is for women I actually encourage you to share it with your men friends and um, people in your life because it's actually going to be for the girls and the boys today. You know, cholesterol is something that affects both sexes, so I don't want to discriminate and not let this information be out there because, unfortunately, there is a lot of mistruths around cholesterol um, and a lot of people are getting tested and evaluated as having high cholesterol, 40% of the population, in fact, globally, huge amount of people evaluated as high cholesterol. But what's interesting about this is not all of you who have been diagnosed with high cholesterol need to be medicated. I almost kind of need to say that again. Not everyone who has high cholesterol needs to be medicated. I know, groundbreaking. Uh, and so what I want to talk to you through today is actually understanding you know, what levels of cholesterol you should be aiming for, what proper testing should we do to understand whether that high cholesterol is an issue or not, and understanding what we can do through diet and lifestyle to lower it, understanding when there's a genetic factor involved and maybe something that we have to be medicated for. Um, but looking at all of these things today so that you can really understand whether your cholesterol is something you need to do some more investigation over, which is the part of my job that I love so much about. So I guess the first place we have to start is understanding why is cholesterol such a big deal in the first place? Why is it something that's got the limelight all over it? You know, and one of the, the big reasons for this is that, you know, cholesterol um, has an influence on our risk of cardiovascular disease, but it is just one risk of cardiovascular disease. So it's a piece of the puzzle, absolutely. But for a lot of us, it's not even an important piece of the puzzle. And, you know, we find that... Um, you know, cholesterol has been associated with an increased risk um, of cardiovascular disease due to the um, plaque that builds up um, around the heart and in the arteries, and this can then therefore lead on to a heart attack. But these arteries can also be blocked up to the brain and can cause you to have a stroke. So, you know, there's definitely some research around this to show that the plaque buildup associated with cholesterol is a factor for heart attacks and cardiovascular disease. However, what we do also know is that 70% sorry, of the people who have had heart attacks actually have pretty good levels of cholesterol. But what we also know, and this will become throughout the theme of today, is that two-thirds of the people who have heart attacks, however, um, have 
diabetes or pre-diabetes and most of them are unaware that they have pre-diabetes to be honest um, so what we're seeing is you know 66 70 percent of the population of heart attack um, patients are having pre-diabetes yet only 30 percent of them are having higher cholesterol so we've got to start wondering what is really the cause of cardiovascular disease which we're going to talk about today when we kind of unpack what we can do to help with cholesterol and you know lowering it and all the lifestyle factors we can put in place. So we'll cover that soon. But for, to begin with, we really actually need to understand the testing that's involved around cholesterol. And unfortunately, this is where our system lets us, lets us down a lot because when we go and get our cholesterol tested, we get it what's called a lipids panel. And a lipids panel is where we test total cholesterol, your HDL, which is also sometimes termed the, the good cholesterol. Then your LDL, which is termed sometimes the bad cholesterol. There's another story to all that too, by the way. But anyway, I'll say that for another day. Um, and then we can also measure your triglycerides. So that's you know what we include in a lipids panel. And unfortunately, that's not enough to really evaluate whether you have cholesterol that is a concern or not. So what we are measuring when we measure your cholesterol, say for example we're looking at your LDL, when we measure your LDL, what we're actually measuring is the weight. So kind of visualize putting cholesterol on your scales in the kitchen. We're actually weighing how much cholesterol is in that sample. And that's really great to know, but however, it's not the complete picture. What we actually also need to know is the particle size of those cholesterols because whether they're big or small makes all the difference as to whether your cardiovascular risk is a risk or not. Um, because we know that small particles of LDL uh, what are able to get through our cell membranes and into our arteries and, and cause that plaque buildup, uh, whereas the big particles of cholesterol they are, think of them like a large beach ball. If you threw them at you, they just softly bounce back off you, no damage. However, so they are lovely and have caused no issues. However, the small particles, think of them more like golf balls. When you throw them at your face, you'll know about it. You're not going to feel very good after that. That's exactly the same with cholesterol. If we have small particles um, making up the total of our weight of cholesterol, um, that's going to be more dangerous for our cardiovascular risk than someone who's got large particles. So just for an example, you could think about two different um, clients that I've got. Both had the same value of LDL around 4.5. One had 4.5, one had 4.8. When I looked at their particle size, one had 2,000 particles, basically lots of little golf balls, and the other one had 1,000 large beach balls. So how I treat one to the other is quite differently because the one that had 2,000 small um, particles is actually more at risk of cardiovascular disease than the one who's got large particles who is relatively safe with regards to cardiovascular health because those cholesterols are large and, and aren't going to cause the damaging effect of small particles. So understanding the size of your lipoprotein particles is really, really key to understanding whether the cholesterol levels that you're expressing in your blood work is in fact something that you need to work on um, more seriously. So understanding these lipid panels and extra testing around this is really important. If you want to get these tests done, um, unfortunately some GPs may not know about them, um, so you may have to order them on your own through a lab test, um, through things like path lab, lab tests and um labs around your local area whatever they may be so you can can do that you can also order a blood kit online through places like i 
www.ruth-green.co.nz, a little bit more pricey, but it comes with a very fancy detailed report of all interesting information around your um, cholesterol. So those are options for you. And I really think that this is an important thing for anyone to do who's been evaluated as having high cholesterol. You really need to understand those particle size to know your risk and whether you need to be on statin, a statin, because statin is, is the medication that we use to treat cholesterol. And, you know, it's the largest um, selling medication there is. It's um, so widely used. And what I guess a lot of people don't know is that when you're on a statin, it actually doesn't just block your cholesterol production, it actually blocks your energy pathways. So there is a lot of side effects to taking a statin. And if you are on a statin, what's also not commonly known is that you should always take a CoQ10 supplement because that will help you make energy at the expense of the statin that you're taking. And, you know, getting back to the testing, I think one thing is actually doing the proper total lipid panel where you're assessing your cholesterol levels and weight, but you're also looking at your particle size. So that's number one thing that you need to do. I really encourage people to also look at um, your blood sugars and looking at, um, you know, not just your HbA1c or your fasting blood glucose, but also looking at insulin levels because quite often, and I can't tell you often actually, so many cases of this, but quite often your blood sugars will look nice and healthy and in the great range, but at the expense of insulin being pumped into the body at extreme levels. So in effect, when you, you're doing that, um, you are pre-diabetic. And we kind of don't really seem to catch a lot of people until they're in diabetes um, or at the very late stages of pre-diabetes. So I feel that you know, understanding your insulin levels, understanding your blood sugar levels is really also important contributor to our cardiovascular health. So knowing that, and you can look at other things like your triglycerides to HDL ratio, because this can also tell you a little bit about your insulin resistance. So working with someone who understands that to help is important. So, you know, I'm big on testing. I love testing. You know, when we test, we, we take away the guessing. And if you can do some proper testing around this, we can then put some proper treatment plans in place. Because if you've got large beach balls bouncing around, we may not have to be as aggressive. But if you've got small particles running around your body, beating it up, we definitely want to get to work and, and help you here. And this, you know, can be the the case too. When people have lower cholesterol, just because it's low doesn't mean it's in a safe place. You could still have low cholesterol and lots of little beat, uh, lots of little golf balls. So really, we, we all need to do this test. And I know that I'm big in this and, and think that everyone should have their bloods done regularly um, and more thoroughly with more um, comprehensive testing. But when we use this, we are in a preventative um, care mechanism rather than waiting for the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Looking after yourself, understanding your own blood results is so key to being able to maintain good, healthy life. And that's what it's all about, um, well, in my world at least. So, okay, so now you've got the testing in your head and probably overflowing, sorry about that. But now we're going to jump into, okay, now we're going to work out how do we keep your cholesterol good? How do we lower it if you need to? What are the factors that we absolutely need to do to have good, healthy cholesterol? So we now know that the large particles and the small particles can be influenced by our diet. So lifestyle factors are a huge influence on our healthy cholesterol. So what we're going to chat about now then is looking at these diet factors that negatively impact on our 
small particle size, ones that make us make more small particles. So what that looks like is a diet that's high in the things that I know a lot of us love, but alcohol. No surprise there really, is it? So a lot of alcohol consumption unfortunately reduces the size of our cholesterol particles and causing them to be more dangerous. So number one, then a really high carbohydrate diet that's full of refined carbohydrates in terms of you know, a lot of the grains, the sugars, etc. Those are some of the biggest issues with regards to um, changing our particle size. But also what is um, part of our diet that is not so favorable for cholesterol is a lot of the inflammatory foods such as refined oil. So thinking vegetable oil, canola oil, your lovely deep fried food and your nice bag of chippies. Those kind of fats, unfortunately, are um, inflammatory in the body. And I'll talk about inflammation in a second. So, you know, removing those food groups and those alcohols is going to be a big part of what we need to do to help lower your cholesterol. You know, this is not about taking a pill and making life easier, unfortunately. We have to address these factors if you have high cholesterol with small particles. We definitely need to um, implement these factors in your in your life. So number one is your diet, you know, through those carbs, alcohol, and refined oils, kind of removing those as much as possible. Um, but the next thing we have to be considering is inflammation and oxidative stress. So inflammation and oxidative stress are what can also increase your cholesterol and lower your particle size. And what are the places that cause us to have inflammation? One of the places is the fat cells around our belly, our visceral fat. So these little um, fat cells are actually quite clever and they can produce what are called cytokines, which are molecules that are super inflammatory. And when these cytokines are released, they actually produce a lot of oxidative stress. And when we have that, we need huge amounts of antioxidants. Think of antioxidants like Pac-Man going around eating up all that inflammation. We need a lot of um, antioxidants to clean up that mess that's made by inflammation and oxidative stress. If we don't have enough of these antioxidants, then we can lead on to larger amounts of inflammation that drives our cholesterol. So we absolutely need to have high antioxidant foods in our diet, fruits and vegetables, etc., um, to have more Pac-Man cleaning us up. Um, another area that causes inflammation is our gut. So our gut and the um, intestinal wall and through our bacteria can release cytokines, a huge cytokine storm, uh, if it's unhappy. And this is quite a big deal for the heart because a lot of cytokines travel straight to the cart. So if your gut is not well, and when I say not well, you're getting bloating, you're constipated, you've got loose stools, you've got reflux, you've got nausea, cramping, any of those kind of things, then please address your gut health because quite often you need to avoid foods or um, change your gut's um, ability to digest food and, and for whatever reason to get healthy um, levels of cholesterol. It's really incredible. And even, you know, the bacteria in our mouth influences our cardiovascular health. You know, it's long been known that people who suffer from gingivitis have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease. So our little microbiome are just the most incredible little dudes in there that do so much for us and have such a thankless job. So please think about your gut. I think I say in every podcast, we can't get away from treating our gut because it's such a big deal for us. So those are you know some of the key things that can drive up inflammation. There's a couple of others that I want to chat about. Um, you know, we've talked about sugar, that's inflammatory um, as well. We've talked about the refined oils. 
and and poor diet in general really you know the sad diet the american diet those kind of diets are not going to help our cholesterol levels the other one that's a little bit um, left field is toxic exposure and heavy metals if we've got a lot of this building up it can actually drive our um, cholesterol levels up too so you know once you've done your evaluation in terms of testing looking at your real true lipid panels and lipid protein um, particle sizes, looking at your blood sugar levels and insulin levels, looking at your triglycerides to HDL ratio, factoring all that in, you then make an assessment whether your diet needs to be addressed with all the sugar, the refined oils, look at any other factors that may be driving your uh, inflammation in the body, and then also make, an, you know, make some other assessments around family history, you know, is there a mother, father, sister who's had cardiovascular issues, then, you know, could be quite likely that there's a genetic factor going on. So addressing that, because, you know, there are quite a lot of people, um, well, not quite a lot of people, there are some people um, who unfortunately um, have genetics that influence their levels of cholesterol, and these are the ones that um, may need to look at medication um, as a way to treat this, as a way of treating it, not the only way. You still have to address your diet and lifestyle as well um, in doing that. So, okay, so now we've looked at all the things for testing, what's driving it. Now we kind of have to look at what are the things we can do to lower our cholesterol and improve the size of those protein, those lipoprotein particles, your cholesterol particles. So one of the big things that we can do is include vegetable proteins that contain sterols because they actually help us lower our cholesterol by binding to the cholesterol in the gut and making us excrete it. Clever little guys. Um, so, you know, all your little veggies that contain polyphenols as well are amazing at helping lower inflammation and helping you lower your LDLs. Um, beans and legumes are wonderful. Nuts and seeds are also good. And then the good old cognac noodles that are kind of, I think they're spelled uh, K-O-N, J-A-C, these little noodles, which are zero calories as well, hugely um, beneficial for our LDL um, reduction because it binds to them and absorbs the cholesterol so that we poo it out. Amazing. Um, yep, I did say the word poo. Sorry for all those who are a little sensitive, um, but I said it. Um, so those kind of food groups are really helpful for helping lower our cholesterol as, as well as avoiding those foods that we've previously talked about with sugars, refined oils, etc. Replace them instead with those wonderful vegetables and fruits and things. And also include in your diet really wonderful, healthy fats um, such as olive oil, avocados, walnuts, hemp seeds, flax seeds, all those gorgeous, um, delicious, um, healthy fats. Those are the ones we want to be focusing on for cardiovascular health, absolutely. You know, we've now dis, you know, disproved all those myths about food um, containing cholesterol, driving up our cholesterol. I think food is about 20% of the contribution to our cholesterol levels in the body, if that, not a big deal. Um, I know my mum went through the generation of being told not to eat eggs so that didn't raise her cholesterol. Um, we have, you know, put that one to bed now. We know that it's not true. So what we, you know, we are realising instead is what we've kind of talked about today, that the biggest drivers of cardiovascular risk may not actually be cholesterol, but actually inflammation in the body and high sugar levels. So what I think is important for everyone to work on if they have been evaluated as having 
high um, cholesterol. So the last thing I just want to point out as well is that for any um, woman, it's important that you understand um, that estrogen can have an influence on our cholesterol levels. Quite often I see menopausal women and perimenopausal women women developing cholesterol, and that's because estrogen increases our HDL and it lowers our LDL. Estrogen's so beautiful and does so many wonderful things for us. Um, so when we lose her, when we get into that menopausal time, we can, as a result, see some effects on our cholesterol. So work with someone as to how you can best um, gain estrogen in your life once you've gone through menopause because it can really reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease. Um, I can probably talk a little bit more about that on another podcast. So I hope today, lots of information. I know your brain will be full and just questioning a lot of things that maybe you've been told in the past and you know, getting you to think a little bit differently. And that's my aim for today is that you have a new light and some more understanding about what you can do to help your own cholesterol and not just for people who have high cholesterol, for those of you wanting to maintain it. Um, so I really... Um, enjoyed talking about this today and I hope you've all got something that you can take away from today so thank you very much for listening look forward to chatting to you all next week take care everyone see ya